you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabio, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield, who is sporting a brand new haircut this morning. Hey, hey, it had to happen. Right. It's getting too long, getting too shaggy on top. Gotta so go jealous. Way back. So, so Way back. So <laughs> jealous of people with good hair. Uh, so when you guys see our, our video hair, clips buddy. that we uh, always put out on social media, you'll see that, uh, you know, Graham is... Is nicely trimmed up. Yes, sir. Um, some devil. So, look, there's a lot of news. Uh, we will yeah, there was. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of news, and uh, a lot of it's not good news. Uh, some of it is, is you know, news that we're still trying to figure out. Um, other is news that, uh, I don't know, maybe is good. Um, but there's a, there's a lot that happened yesterday yeah. in the National Football yep. League. One, like, one of the stories actually broke while I was on the air. And I didn't even know it. I was on with Andrew Siciliano. He says, hey, did you hear Emmanuel Sanders just got traded to the Niners? I was like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. That was a, that's 
You never used to get that in the NFL Lots years of... and years ago. Now it's so much fun with no, these trades. It's great. I love these kind of smaller end trades. These teams are trying to move and shake to kind of get some key pieces for, for their stretch runs, and especially a team like the Niners getting Manuel Sanders. Right. Like I always felt like other sports had better trading deadlines in the NFL. You know, the baseball trade deadline has always been a big deal. The NBA has kind of gotten wild with trades. And I always felt like the uh, the NFL was sort of left out. But lately, they've uh, they've done some things. The, the whole trade madness, I feel like, in the NFL, because you remember years and years ago, there was never any trades in the never NFL. Never trading. When Clinton Portis got dealt for Champ Bailey that way like back when, that was like the first big trade yeah. that sort of triggered trades becoming more prominent in the league and it's made the league more popular too. Yeah, yeah. I think Even more popular because those are just so much fun. Definitely a, a good thing. Yeah. So. Uh, I got plenty to talk about today. We've kind of hit the we're a little bit past the midseason point of the fantasy regular season. We're right about the midpoint of the NFL regular season. So I figured this is a good time to redo the first round of a fantasy draft, right? Now that we've had a few <laughs> weeks to kind of see what things have happened, you know, who's playing well, Who's not playing well? Uh, if we could all redo it, and you know, I know I know there are people who do mid-season leagues where they start over. Mm-hmm. Um, how would we draft? So uh, I put twelve spots here, and um, we will we will draft a first round just to kind of see you know how we feel about things uh, as we head into week eight. And of course, uh, now that it is been, the waiver wire has run, the waivers have run in most leagues. Uh, that means. Uh, we'll look at some guys that you may want to be dropping off your roster. Also, some guys that maybe you want to think about trading. I mean, the NFL trading deadline is coming up. I know the fantasy trading deadline is still uh, several weeks away. But, you know, this is about time to start making some moves because the waiver wire we know is very thin. So if you're still trying to bolster your roster, there are ways to do it. So uh, that uh, should be a lot to talk about today. But before we do that, as always, go behind the glass. Talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? To keep the uh, trade discussion going, I was reading this morning, there's a rumor out that the Giants may try to move Nate Solder to the Browns for uh, a pick. They haven't said which round. And my head, as I'm driving in this morning, is contemplating both sides. That It's like, well, is it good for Daniel Jones? I, I don't know. But is it worth getting rid of that contract and getting another pick for the future? And I'm right now, that's what I'm doing, going back and forth. <laughs> like just the, the mental math of the yeah. whole thing, right? I mean, now. look, that team needs the offensive line, obviously. Um, I don't know. On the flip side, I don't know if it's smart to get rid of the blindside blocker for a rookie quarterback. Right. Uh, but his contract is pretty high. And if they get another pick for it, that turns into a future younger player. Because uh, I know Sol is going to be 32 next year. So mm-hmm. that's – see, I'm just arguing with myself. <laughs> This is what happens, yeah. right? This is this is absolutely. I know that you know Solder has not been playing particularly well this no. year, uh, but you know as people have said, you know, look, the, there's a reason he's still starting though. If if he were really that bad, he probably wouldn't be playing. As much as I know about the Giants, I had to Google who the backup left tackle was, and that's not something you want to do. I don't yeah. think you want a, a Googled guy's uh, starting <laughs> uh, instead of Nate Solder. So I mean, we'll see. I think today's uh, or the trading deadline uh, coming up should be pretty right. uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. It has been already. Yeah, uh, the NFL trading deadline is uh, Tuesday. Yeah. It's coming Tuesday, the 29th. Uh, so I, I expect there will still be some more things that happen between now. Sure, and definitely and will then. be. Yeah, absolutely. So all right. In the meantime, let's do some news. Well, let's start with some injury news, some unfortunate injury news. The Lions placed Carrion Johnson on injured reserve. He suffered a knee injury last week against the Minnesota Vikings uh, and came back with a knee brace on. And look, it, it, he's on IR. They're hoping he can come back. But 
if he does, week 16 is the absolute earliest that, that he can be back on the field. Uh, in the meantime, it looks like Ty Johnson is next in line. Uh, I don't know, Fabs, if he gets the same sort of workhorse load that, that we were seeing with carry on. J.D. McKissick is still hanging around. Yep. I mentioned yesterday on Fantasy Live, there's a chance maybe they'd make a deal for, uh, for Kenyon Drake. Um, I mean, at this point, if you've got carry on, like I do in lots of lots of leagues, I guess you're just sort of piecemealing it right now. Yeah. Uh, Ty Johnson overnight added in 160,617 leagues on NFL.com and uh, actually more than Chase Edmonds, uh, who was at 139,000. But he is I mean, this week you start him against the Giants and the Giants defense is awful against the run. We just saw Chase Edmonds run all over them. But to your point, uh, a lot of people probably spent a lot of their fab budget. On, on Ty, because how often in the middle of a season are you able to get a running back who's projected to see uh, a good portion of a team's workload? Because it simply doesn't happen outside of injuries. But McKissick is going to get his burn. And, you know, at some point, the, the one thing that could throw a big wrench into his value, Johnson's that is, is if the Lions go out and sign another running back. Uh, you know, C.J. Anderson was there. He's still on the market at this point. There's some other guys uh, who are out there. Alfred Morris no longer on the market. He signed with the Cardinals, which has us a little bit worried about David Johnson. But at this point, Ty Johnson is going to be out there for fantasy owners. Uh, and I would expect him to not see, as you mentioned, a carry on Johnson level uh, of snaps and touches, but still pretty good. Right. That's that's my thing here. Right. So. The Lions, it took them like over a year to free carry on Johnson. You know, it, took, it, took, it took them cutting CJ Anderson after week two for them to let carry on Johnson play in a more featured role. And what I'm really trying to say here is, is like, I, I just don't expect the Lions to come out and roll Ty Johnson out in this like mm-hmm. 70%, 80% snap role like we were getting from carry on Johnson over the past month before he got hurt. And for that reason, I mean, I, I've kind of, I've kind of, I kind of shied away from Johnson off big, you know, big fab bids in my league because this Detroit Lions team, I'm, I'm kind of expecting Johnson to be the lead, but it's going to be a timeshare. He'll be the lead back of a kind of a timeshare role here. Uh, as for, for carry on, I mean, we, we can, you can drop him, right? I mean, week six, yeah. week 16, when he could come back at the earliest, they're playing the Broncos. You know, I don't know how much you really want to mess around with that. Then week 17 is the Packers. And, and who's to say the Lions will even be in the playoff hunt at that point. Right. You know, unless you have, like my leagues that I run, you know, you have that reserve spot where you can put guys who are IR'd in that spot and not lose them. But for the most part, you know, you guys are correct. Yeah, he's going to be released. Yeah, I mean, looking at the, the Lions right now, they are 2-3-1. and one. They are last in the NFC North. Um, it is going to be an uphill climb for them yeah. to get into playoff contention. So it, it may be a situation where it just doesn't even make sense for them to bring carry on Johnson back. Uh, the Denver Broncos made a trade, as uh, Fabs was mentioning earlier. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders leaving Denver heading to the San Francisco 49ers. Like, Graham, I know everybody's immediate reaction was, well, you know, it's maybe a lateral move fantasy-wise. F- certainly football-wise, he becomes the number one wide receiver there in San Francisco. I have talked myself into thinking that maybe there's a slight uptick in value just because the Niners know that as good as they're running the football this year, they still have to be able to throw it effectively. And I think, I think this move signals that they are going to try and beef up their passing game to – nobody's going to confuse them, you know, with uh, what, like the, the foul, well, the Falcons, maybe not the best, <laughs> maybe not the best, uh, the best indication, you know, the, 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 the Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs when with they Patrick have Mahomes, Mahomes, right, nobody's yeah. going to confuse them with that, right, but 
I do think this means that they do want to try to be a little more effective throwing the football right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and for what it's worth, I Emmanuel Sanders made a really interesting comment yesterday uh, as he was leaving, I guess, the Broncos facility. A uh, good point that I hadn't really thought about is Rich uh, Rich Granglo, he's the Broncos offensive coordinator this season. He spent the last two years, the two prior seasons, with the 49ers as their mm-hmm. quarterback's coach. So I, I think there's probably going to be a lot of overlap between the concepts that the 49ers run with their routes uh, and, and Sanders. And, and for that reason, I think, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, too, not only is he playing in a system that he probably understands pretty well, uh, he's been amazing this season when, you know, coming off the Achilles tear has already basically bucked all of the um, injury timeline for return that we expected from him. And I, I think Sanders will play well for them. I, I just think this 49ers team, the way they're built right now and the way Shanahan and, and Jimmy G have been playing is they're spreading the ball around outside of Kittle. You know, mm-hmm. Kittle is their top guy. Um, maybe Sanders gives them a semblance of a number one target, but I'm I'm still thinking they're going to spread this thing around. I think his value goes up, though. I mean, he was the number two fantasy option in Denver with Cortland Sutton you know, putting up great numbers every single week. I mean, Dante Pettis, they're obviously having problems with him. Oh, yeah. He has done nothing. Debo's hurt. Uh, Kittle's really their only reliable pass catcher. And now you bring in a veteran like Sanders – I feel like he's been giving you middling sort of wide receiver three value. I think he could push up to wide receiver two value. You know, I, I get it. This offense is going to run the football, but Shanahan has had plenty of examples during the course of his career in the NFL as an offensive coordinator where he's had wide receivers put up really good numbers. So I, I think this, if you have Emmanuel wait, wait. Sanders on your roster, I think this is a good thing. You're happy about this. Something trade. just struck me. What's so, that? so the Broncos have not had their buy yet. But the 49ers have. So is Manuel Sanders going to play 17 games this year? Oh, he really might play 17 hey, games this year. The, what, has that's that ever the, happened before in the, NFL history? If, I, if that, I, I, can't, I, can't I think, think, it, I think it might have. Wasn't there a year that Randy Moss, remember like Randy Moss had gotten traded and I feel like he had gotten traded from a team that hadn't had a bye and then he went to a team that already had the bye. I, I don't know why that just jumped into my head, hmm. but um, I, I, it's I, probably has. A, I'll tell you one thing, though. The dude who did his Achilles surgery is going to go down as the greatest Achilles surgeon of all time. <laughs> Everyone needs to go get of all time. done by yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what? I operated on Emmanuel Sanders. He came back way before most people do from this surgery. And oh, by the way, he didn't play 16 games. He played 17 in the right, NFL. Right, right, right. Uh, as, as we sit here, and I, I am going to co- compose a tweet uh, to at NFL Research. And I'm sure that, you know, they, I don't know if they're on top of this, I know, but they, they I know it's happened. I know it's happened. Right. It had to have I don't happened remember, at some I, point. Randy but. Moss jumps to mind. I'm not sure if he was the guy who did it, but I, I remember, and now now it's going to make me nuts because I th- there's another player that I remember had this happen to him too. I can't remember. I now, Yeah, research. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send the NFL it. research. Uh, I'll send the tweet out, and uh, I'm sure they will have an answer for us. Uh, yep. I don't know by the end of the, our recording time, but at some point today, I'm sure they'll have an answer for us. So, so that'll be interesting to, to find out. Uh, more trading news. The Patriots swing a deal for Mohamed Sanu, bringing him over from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, look, if you're Mohamed Sanu, you, you're you're kind of thrilled, right? I mean, you, you get off a roster that was going absolutely nowhere to arguably the best team in the league with a very legitimate chance to go to and win a Super Bowl. So from that standpoint, you've, you've got to be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our selfish fantasy purposes, I, I feel like, Fabs, this doesn't really help any one wide receiver, in, instead, it, it just kind of hurts everybody, right? Like, <laughs> well, it, 
I mean, unless, you know, Julian Edelman's going to be fine. Yes. Uh, Philip Dorsett, I'm worried about. Mohamed Sanu, I think they will sort of cannibalize each other. Yeah. I, so, and the thing that's interesting, too, is that clearly Edelman is a guy who runs the majority of his routes out of the slot. Sanu did the same thing in Atlanta. So now I think Sanu's probably going to get moved inside and outside uh, as a member of the New England Patriots. And the thing that is interesting to me, did you know, guys, that Sanu ran the most red zone routes in Atlanta among their wide receivers, more than Julio Jones, more than Calvin Ridley. And I feel like, you know, the Patriots haven't had that red zone threat, right? Rob Gronkowski retired. So when they get down inside enemy territory, suddenly Mohamed Sanu is going to be a very attractive option for Tom Brady in, in that red zone. So his value goes, I, I don't know if it goes significantly up, but it definitely goes up going from Atlanta as the third option to New England where he could potentially be two or three, depending on the status of Josh Gordon. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Josh Gordon is obviously a lot more injured than we expected. Uh, he's dealing with a knee injury, but I think there's maybe something else going on there between his... Uh, he, he seemed like he was kind of banged up uh, early in the season as well. But uh, yeah, outside of Edelman, really, I think these receivers are kind of... They're, they're going to be rotational plays at best, and and I just don't think it's not... It's not going to be a situation we can necessarily rely on for for consistent fantasy production. Which, by the way, I, I realized yesterday uh, we may not we may not get this, but potential for Josh Gordon revenge game this week. There's revenge games wow. all over the Patriots, place. Patriots v Browns would have been a Josh Gordon you've revenge got, game. You've got Golden Tate revenge game against Detroit. Then you've got three in the Minnesota Washington game: Kirk Cousins, Adrian Peterson, and don't forget Case Keenum. Well, right. Josh Gordon's revenge game is kind of it's kind of different, right? Because he kind of spent a lot yeah. of time away from that. I mean, yeah, it's you know, it's a self-inflicted, a protracted yep. sort of self. You know, whatever, man. I'm not gonna let that get in the way of my fun narrative. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't matter. It may not happen anyway if he's uh, if he's not available <laughs> this week for the for the Patriots. Uh, Matt. Ryan has an ankle injury. He left last week's loss uh, late in the game. The Falcons were getting blown out. It didn't really make sense for him to try and, and fight through it and, and hobble back in. He ended up leaving the stadium in a walking boot. Now his availability this week is in doubt. I know, Fabs, you have already said uh, you were going to try to stream the defense against uh, the Falcons. If he's not playing, week. no doubt. No playing. doubt. Matt's job, man. Um, six. Yeah, I, look, Graham, I, I don't think anybody's running out to grab Matt Schaub and start him necessarily. Oh, uh, but does this worry you about... Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, that whole group there. It has to. And unfortunately, Mohamed Sanu getting traded, kind of uh, th this Falcons pass catching group, They, I mean, they're deep, right? It was Austin Hooper, Dev you know, Devonta Freeman popped. Now, without Sanu, we've got, you know, a little bit easier uh, target tree to figure out. Sanu is seeing about 14% of the Falcons targets. But yeah, I just don't think you can really play anyone outside of Julio and Hooper this week with much confidence if it's Schaub under center. I think the biggest hit will go to Ridley yep. and Freeman, especially Freeman, because the Falcons, not only are they really struggling to run the ball, but they're you know, if Schaub's under center, they're going to really struggle to get in the red zone. Although the move that sent Sanu to New England does help Ridley long term. Absolutely. Because the targets are going to increase, you would think, maybe you know two or three more targets, maybe some more opportunities uh, in the red zone. Uh, but this week, it all depends on whether or not Matt Schaub plays. Uh, yeah. So, uh, he's know. the, if he's the starter, I will say the Falcons have their buy in week nine. I would be really surprised, especially since they're so dead. Mm -hmm. I, oh yeah. I no, I don't, I would be surprised if Matt Ryan plays. I really am not expecting Matt Ryan to play in this one. It just, it doesn't really make sense. Um, I, I think this is going to be the Matt Schaub game. And so that, you know, look, uh, I'm, I'm already thinking of one of my rosters that has both Matt, uh, Matt Ryan and carry on Johnson. Things are bleak. 
Yeah. yeah. Things are bleak. Um, Adrian Peterson says he will be ready to go for Thursday Night Football. You mentioned the revenge game factor there against the Vikings. But he's got a high ankle sprain, he's doesn't with he? A, I, I, I mean, I get it. He's like, you know, Wolverine. He's made of adamantium. I mean, we get it from his, like, ACL comeback a yeah. few years ago. I saw as a but, I mean, one, high ankle sprain on a short week? A grade one high ankle sprain, a grade two low ankle sprain. Look, I, I am not a medical professional. That just sounds <laughs> bad. Yes. Um... But he says he's he will be ready to go. He will be ready to play. Um, I look, one the the injury is not great. The matchup is not great. I mean, all that I can think that works here is the fact that he's got volume on his side. I mean, look, since Bill Callahan has taken over as the interim head coach, they really have run the football a lot. Uh, I know some of it last week had to do with the weather just being so nasty there in in, in D.C. But um, but if he's this hurt, will volume be on his side? I mean, are they going to use Wendell Smallwood? Yeah, that's the thing is Chris Thompson's nursing a turf toe. Right. Adrian Peterson plays. I mean, my God, what a freak. Just a, <laughs> Apparently, he sprained his ankle in two spots, too, which is just even yeah, how do you, if he uh, plays. But, yeah, I mean, okay. it'll be Wendell Smallwood if, if Peterson doesn't suit up. Really, I think the only play on this Washington side you could trust this week is McLaurin. McLaurin, yeah. Xavier Rhodes is getting crushed. He's, he has not played well yeah, this year. He's not good. Man. Uh, a piece of news that literally just came in from Ian Rappaport. The Jaguars will have quarterback Nick Foles back at practice today, working on a limited basis as he returns from a broken collarbone. He is eligible to return to the field for Week 11 against the Colts, and that is the plan. Hmm. So, what? The Gardner Minshew window is closing? I guess um, so. I mean, it, you know, they didn't really even have a chance to, to let Nick Foles see what he can do in this offense. That They designed played, for him all, all offseason. Play what, one quarter? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even think he got it through the first quarter. Wasn't, wasn't, uh, he had a touchdown pass to Chark, too, didn't that he? Was that was when guy? he got hurt. He, yeah. He got hurt on, on the pass. It was on that play, yeah. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so that's going to be something something to watch there with Nick Foles possibly coming back very soon. Uh, well, you know, at least at least the folks in Jacksonville get to have their Gardner Minshew Halloween costumes. Hey, at least the folks right. in Jacksonville, too, have two decent quarterbacks. Right? So they've gone from watching the Blake Bortles Fiesta <laughs> suck for years, and now they actually have two decent guys. Yeah. I mean, you know any Jags fans? That is that hey. is the upside there. You, you know, look, if, if something, you know, you don't wish anything on Nick Foles, but if something were to happen again, yeah. you know that you have a guy who, you know, can – Stand back there and and Minshew the can play, man. He can play absolutely. Yeah. Uh, other quarterback news: the Carolina Panthers will start Kyle Allen again. Cam Newton continues his rehab. Um, like Allen hasn't necessarily been lights out. He's been good enough. the The defense has certainly helped carry this team quite a bit. Uh, but this week they got the San Francisco 49ers, and it's in it's in Santa Clara. Uh, I would be concerned about, you know, I'm, I'm not starting Kyle Allen. I would be concerned about their wide receiver. I'm just concerned about everyone, including CMC. Including Christian McCaffrey, right? Like, this including is one, like, look, CMC. I'm starting him because, yeah. you know, of course I am. But uh, I'm not I'm not all that excited about it. The only thing I can hope is that he'll be back in Santa Clara, not far from where he was a star at Stanford. Maybe. <laughs> It'll bring back some of those vibes. Right. You know, maybe he goes and eats at his old college hangouts, wherever he used to eat or whatever like that. And he kind of, you know, powers up a little bit. But, man, I'm, I, I'm, I'm worried. And I'm not, I'm not crazy to be worried, right? No, absolutely not. This Niners defense is, I mean, we've said it a million times already. You, you already know they're legit. Um, McCaffrey, because he gets it done on both 
you know, both the ground and the air, I think he'll be fine. But really, outside of him, this pa- I'm completely off this Panther side. Me too. Week. Me yeah. too, man. It's, I, it's I mean, really I've got to play any of these guys. I have to play Olsen, I think, in our league where I picked him up because uh, Jason Witten's on a bye. I mean, that's where we're at right now. <laughs> it's so bad at tight end. Uh, so, you know, I may see what's out there on the waiver wire. There's probably not that much. I'm fading DJ Moore. I'm fading Curtis Samuel. I'm fading the Carolina Panthers defense. I'm fading Joey Sly, who, oh, by the way, is one of the best kickers in fantasy football. See, we talk kickers on here occasionally. It typically comes out of my mouth. But but yeah, the only player in Carolina that I would start uh, with with CMC, and I mean, the confidence level is not what it normally is. That defense is legit. It's, it's so, tight end is so bad. Greg so Olson, bad. Greg Olson's a top ten play this week, mm-hmm. and he might literally see two targets. I mean, oof, that's, that's where we're at it's right brutal. now. Brutal, oof, yeah, man, I, yeah. Uh, last piece of news here. Matt Nagy, uh, after last week's debacle against the Saints, was asked about. Uh, I think mostly about. David Montgomery, but just in general on their game plan, their game strategy there. And he said, uh, uh, I know we need to run them all. I know we need to run the ball more. I'm not an idiot, which, you know, Twitter being Twitter, just you know, took that part and ran with it. Sure they did. Um, but look, Fabs, I mean, there is something to be said. I mean, one, you have a quarterback who to say he's struggling is an understatement. Yep. You have a running back in David Montgomery who has talent who doesn't seem to get the requisite number of touches week in and week out. Um, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here going to advocate that you have to, you know, establish the run or whatever, but like you have to at least give your running back the football at some point. Right. And yep. so, so maybe, maybe does this mean David Montgomery starts to get more touches now? I mean, last week he got that game script out of it. I mean, he just, he was invisible in that contest. Uh, but when you look at the opportunities that he had been given previously, you know, only 11 the week before, 21, 13, 18, you know, I, I would think a good a good number of touches for him every week is probably somewhere between 18 and 20. Uh, he is the featured back now, although they are continuing to use Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen had the PPRiest like stat oh, line man. of PPRiest stat it? lines. He had nine catches last for week. 19 yards. He didn't have a touchdown. Yeah. And and he ended up and being like decent in in fantasy, but regardless. So Montgomery though the matchup this week is good. Yeah, I mean the man. Chargers defense hasn't been good against the run. They got they got some injuries there uh, in LA. So I'd play him as a flex this week. And you know maybe as you mentioned, you know this is going to be the week where where Matt Nagy says, hey, I'm not an idiot. Well, get <laughs> get the ball to what, your young playmaking running back. What makes no sense to me is I, I went back and looked. So the Bears, when the scoreboard is neutral, basically when it's within a score, eight points, the Bears have passed on nearly 69 percent of their pass plays, and that's leading the NFL right now. Or mm-hmm. excuse me, they're leading on us. Uh, they're they're passing on 69 percent of their plays when the scoreboard is neutral, and that. That just blows my mind when Mitchell Trubisky has been Awful. this bad. He yeah. is tied for dead last with Josh Rosen in yards per pass attempt. With Josh freaking Rosen. Oof. Yeah. Um, who's getting completely outplayed by Ryan Fitzpatrick when we've seen him this year. I, I, I you know, one of the one of the final point here, one of the things that I think the and I'm not sure why the Bears have taken this out of their offense, but they have. Mitchell Trubisky isn't running this year. Last year, Trubisky ran yeah. the ball nearly five remember, times per game. Remember the stat that I gave you guys at the yeah. beginning of the season? In, in the games where Mitchell Trubisky yep. had, I think it was either like 40 yards rushing or a touchdown, he was really good. Otherwise, he sucked. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, so, he, I mean, he was yeah. at he was at five carries per game last year, and he's carried the ball five times this year total. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I have no idea why they're not allowing him to scramble. They're not doing any design things with him. It's just, yeah. I mean, I know he's dealing with another injury this year, but still, it, this, this offense has just been they've they've got to get a spark, and maybe Trubisky letting him scramble more give him a spark. If you're a Bears fan. 
every time Mitchell Trubisky looks like trash on a Sunday or a Thursday or a Monday, do you just think to yourself, ah, could have had Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> could have had Deshaun Watson? Uh, I'm sure. That ah, quite you know, a just few like Bears fans. I know, man, it just drive you nuts. Uh, Bears fans are going to be clamoring for like Nick Foles or that's something. that's me like from back in the day when the Cowboys were this close to getting John Elway, this close, this close, and then he ended up going to Denver and. Uh, Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was almost a Yankee too. He was almost a Yankee. That's I don't know if true. he was. I don't know if he was really almost a Yankee, or he just didn't want to be a Colt. The story is because I've talked to Gil Brand about this: is that you know the the, the Cowboys were going to trade Danny White and I don't remember draft pick something like that or 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 or, or two to 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 get Elway, and um and you know last minute sort of Denver swooped in. So yeah. Oh well. Ah, uh, where you go? That's uh, pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right, so we are through seven weeks. We're about to start week eight of the football season. So we have a good idea of who's playing well, who's having a strong year, who uh, is not so much having a great year. So I felt like this is a good time for us to kind of go back and do a draft do-over. And uh, so we'll do the first round. We'll do, you know, 12, 12 teams. Uh, and we'll all, you know, we'll redraft this whole thing, kind of see how it shakes out, see how much has changed from when we were drafting back in August. I'm uh, guessing uh, a lot. lot. <laughs> I'm guessing a lot of things have changed as we were drafting yeah. in August. So uh, in a completely random order that I just made up right now as we were talking, uh, Fabs, you'll, give you, you'll get the first pick. Graham will go second. I'll go third. And we'll just uh, kind of go around the horn four times there. So, uh, so I mean, I'm going, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, I feel he like He would be number one. And uh, kudos, I believe Marcus was the I one was, who said, because yeah. everyone was, you know, bar and you know he got hurt, whatever. But Marcus was the guy who was on McCaffrey, so um, kudos to you. Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, so, so CMC number one, number two. Where are you going, Graham? Yeah, I, I think going back real quick to McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley was number one pick in like seventy plus percent of leagues right. this year, and that was just way, way too high with Kamara, McCaffrey, and and Zeke all in that area. But you know, I think that the obvious number two pick here would be Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, he's yep. just been yep. just so lights out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so number three, and look, I, I never imagined in a million years I would have been saying this, but Austin Eckler at the number three Ooh. spot. I mean, dude's been lights out, and even with Melvin Gordon having been back, he's still getting enough work, and he's still been productive enough mm-hmm. that, you know, dude's been great. So, I, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of go maybe outside the box a little bit and go Austin Eckler at three. How about that? All right. Um Jeez, Louise, you know, uh, you know, I got to go with uh, Zeke. God, <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, come on, I, I got to go with Zeke. So here. Zeke's going to, f- or I got to do it. Sorry, not Zeke, but Saquon's going to fall to me here? Yeah, I guess so. I well, I mean, if we're if we're looking at stats that have been compiled to no. this point, right? I mean, like. Right, of course, but Saquon has been a difference maker when he's been on the field. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a, a terrible pick at, at, uh, at five. Yep. Uh, all right, so it's. Have we noticed something? Yeah, they're all running backs right now. <laughs> I mean, it is, but I also think because it's because it is so top heavy. Arguably, I think there should be two more. Right? No, no, no. So maybe even three. At six, we're not done yet. At six, I'm gonna go Nick Chubb. Yep. I'm gonna go Nick Chubb right here, who's been who's been fantastic, even with the the Browns' offense struggling. uh, I think Nick Chubb at number six just makes a whole lot of sense right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, seven. Uh, Back to you, Fabs. Ooh, let me see here. Boy, this one is this one's gonna be interesting. This is a guy who. Um, and I, I'm going running back again. This is a guy who a lot of people were sort of like 
on the fence about because uh, his last couple of seasons, injuries, and uh, had a short suspension. But Leonard Fournette's been balling. See, that, yeah. that was the guy who He's was, been balling. Yeah. He's averaging almost 18 points a game. I was thinking about putting him up in this uh, like kind of top eight. Top eight area. His role is just insane. He's not coming off the volume. I know on pace for nearly four hundred. So, touches. so we have we have five more picks. Okay, we have five more picks. Right. I'm very interested to see. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Out. It's not going to happen. But I'm, <laughs> is anybody going to take the Patriots defense? Uh, no. No. 148 I, points. I mean, yeah. Look, I get it, but yeah, no. 148 I have, points. I have, no, I have no intent on taking the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I will be taking Michael Thomas here because okay. he is such a he is oh such a stud. God, doesn't even so matter funny, if Te- though. doesn't even matter if Teddy B uh, has been back there. He's just been amazing. Which you know makes me like so. I, I I had two names in mind. That was one of them. So now I'll take the other one. It's Chris Godwin. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Godwin has been just. I mean. Yeah. So I, I was. I, was, I, mean, I was torn between which one of those guys going to take it. So Graham made it easy for me. He's on pace. He's <laughs> on pace to have like an historically like top five oh, yeah. season, like an Antonio Brown, Randy Moss type of season. So now you guys got me stuck between two. Mm-hmm. Because I'm th- like so. If we're if we're talking about the way that players have performed to this point in the season, right? I mean, you know, Alvin Kamara hasn't been drafted yet. But Alvin Kamara hadn't been all that great. If we're drafting from here on in, I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna go Kamara. Okay, I think that's the right call. If we're drafting from here said- on in, Kamara's gonna end up because Breeze will be back. Breeze will be back. He'll get another week. I would assume he won't play this week. I don't know for sure because the bye week, and uh, you know they're playing the Cardinals. They should be able to beat the Cardinals right at home. So I was gonna take for what it's worth. I was gonna take Kamara here. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll switch. I think there's there's two ways you can go with this. I'll go with DeAndre Hopkins over the other receiver I wanted here. Okay. Uh, maybe leave him for Marcus. But I think Nuke, even though he's been, um, you know, the touchdowns haven't been there, he's still been, he's not been killing you for fantasy. He's had, right. a, he's had his he's similar eighth, floor. He's eighth among wide receivers in points per game. Right. right. Yeah. And he's not been killing you. And I think over the long run, the, this will even out in Hopkins. I know. I know. Who, I know. Who top Marcus, five receiver. I know who so I assume the other receiver you were thinking of is Cooper Cup. That's there, yeah. Spot, that's what I was thinking. Which, yeah. which is, is where I was. Uh, that's that's where I would go probably. Which um, see, I think I think when we're looking back on it at the end of the year after we play the whole season, I think Hopkins and and, and Cup will probably finish very very closely. Probably, but Cup might edge him out just because the first his first five games this year were just completely nuclear. We're bonkers. Well, plus, I think the, the biggest difference, at least so far in the season, is that, you know, Cup is getting those red zone targets where Nuke generally exactly. hasn't. Um, and so I think that has, that has you know, caused some of the difference in him. But I think, you know, Cup has been maybe the it's one guy you can count on in that Rams offense on a week-to-week basis. Can I mention just one thing? Sure. The only players on this list who have outscored the Patriots' defense so far, McCaffrey, Cook, Eckler, Michael Thomas. That's insane. That's man. crazy. It's it is just been. We'll never see another stretch like this from a fantasy defense. Like, no, never, never. I no. mean, I can't. I mean, like, and you go back and we double have digit some really every, great defense. Double digit points in every single game. Every and not even just double digit points. Twenty five or more points in three of their last four. Yes. I mean, and if they played every game in New York, my goodness, and they've crushed the Jets, <laughs> the Bills, the Giants, uh, and I have them in, in a few leagues. And boy, I'll tell you something. They, they have been, and now you get Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and yeah. things are going to get harder. Yeah, but I mean, now you got Baker Mayfield. So, <laughs> so, so I know we made up, we made all all of our twelve picks here. But is, if you were drafting today, would you feel comfortable drafting Chris Carson in the first round? Because I think, I think I would at the yeah. end. 
I think he's in that. He's in a similar category to like Nuke and he, he's and that guy and, and the guys that the that we just mentioned. I think he's one of those guys where if you're sitting at that turn, yeah, um, yeah, that's where he would be. Then, then yeah, Chris Carter because he's been he has been very good, and it's it's kind of wild to think that you know what a few weeks ago we were sort of worried that maybe he was going to lose touches because he kept fumbling the football. Uh, now to the point that Rashad Penny is is really. Rashad no, Penny not a factor is at all in the offense. He's going to end up going down as one of the biggest first round busts. Uh, I guess maybe not in NFL history, but certainly yeah. in in Seahawks history. Apparently, Penny was healthy this past week. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury all all year, but CJ Procise played more snaps in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Penny only had a, a couple of snaps. Good. So um, yeah, so Chris Carson, I don't think would be a, a terrible pick there. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm looking. So I'm thinking like the, the guys that were first round picks that that. That didn't get uh, that didn't land in the first round. I mean, uh, who are we missing here? Is, uh, well, dude, I mean, like Carson was Carson was kind of the fringy guy I, I wanted to mention. Um, uh, I mean, like you know, well, I, well, wait, we Kel- haven't we Travis haven't Kelsey mentioned was a guy Devontae who, Adams. We haven't Devontae mentioned Adams either. Not one. So. Julio, Julio, Julio uh, Jones. Julio was not one. Mm-hmm. Um, James Conner was like a fringe first rounder as well. Connor, man, sort of at the end of the first round. Yeah, Connor might might win some people some leagues down the stretch here. Yeah, and I mean this week you got Miami. That's that's a very positive matchup. So yeah, um, so I would say that you know, look, there there definitely have been some. There's been some adjustments. I mean, look, Eckler obviously is the the biggest riser of them all, uh, considering where you drafted him. I mean, cause even even with the Melvin Gordon holdout in progress, Austin Eckler was still kind of a a middle round pick. Um, and to, for him to be in the top three in scoring at running back, um, you know, look, he, he exceeded everybody's expectations. Yep. No doubt. Yeah. No and, doubt. And can we look at the quarterback position too? The, the number one guy right now was drafted, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th round. Yeah. R. Jackson, Russell Wilson was drafted late. Deshaun Watson, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh round. Dak was drafted later. Mahomes, Matt Ryan. Okay. Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan oh, okay. later. Matt Aaron Rodgers even was drafted later than typically. Later than he normally Kyler goes. Murray, Tom Brady. I was in draft for Kyler that Tom Brady didn't even get picked. Right. You know, I mean, so the, Carson Wentz, I mean, you know. But I will say that the, if you Status did, quo. If you did draft a quarterback early, that quarterback has actually provided pretty good dividends for you. I mean, if you if you went out and got Mahomes, if you got Watson, if you got Aaron Rodgers, those guys came back. They have given you they're they're all top seven quarterbacks right now. So yep. um, that has sort of worked out for you. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think the the biggest quarterback busts right now. I mean, Baker Mayfield is probably the that's first the hand biggest that comes one. To mind. That's the um, biggest one. Jared Goff has not been particularly great. Although I don't know that he was getting drafted. A ton, or at least certainly not getting. He was getting early. picked as like a fringe QB one, right? Twelve team league, right? Yeah. I um, mean, I, I just can't get over the fact that Daniel Jones and Case Keenum are outscoring Baker Mayfield right now. Oof. And and Baker's schedule. I mean, they play the Patriots this week. It, the Browns' schedule is definitely not yeah, easy. It gets better later. Yes, but by that point, if you've been rolling with Baker, you're probably out of the playoff on. So, uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of these other like kind of you know obviously nobody no one drafted Gardner Minshew because we weren't expecting him to play right and so here he is right now sitting at 13. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was I think a late add after Andrew yep. Luck retired. He's the QB 15 and is playing really well right now. I had Brissett like 20th in drafts. Like I mean, he's just been tremendous. Yeah. Although 
I, I did notice this. His home road splits are a little. He's well, he, he's a big time home guy yes. on the road. Not as good. And, and you had talked but about they Marlon Mack. Run, yes, they're, they're running so much that. more that on the road point. than they are at home. And I think that has something to do with it. This week they are at home against Denver. Playing the Broncos though, so it's uh, a yeah. I, I I went and looked. Jacoby has made a lot of his hay inside of the ten yard line this year. He has nine touchdowns inside the ten yard line. Uh, that leads all quarterbacks by far. I think the next closest guy is Wentz with five. Mm. Um, so Brissett has just been ripping it up inside the 10. And it's kind of weird because the, you think of the Colts right now, especially the way they're built with their offensive line and how well Marlon Mack has played. You'd expect them to be very run heavy inside the 10. But yep. they've really trusted Brissett in close. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So that was, uh, that was kind of fun. Uh, and, you know, and if you are out there and you're looking to do some midseason drafts, uh, I don't know. Maybe we helped you out a little bit. Um, looking at some guys that might uh, might be worthy of trading. Look, I think it, you can you can make a case for trading pretty much anybody in a fantasy league. But these are guys who maybe have some some kind of middling value who could uh, either help bolster your roster or help bring you back something in return. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on whether or not you are trading for or trading away these guys. Got five of them on the list. The first one is James White, who, you know, we, we know what his role is. We know what he does there in New England. But, you know, they have added another pass catcher in Mohamed Sanu, another guy who can sort of operate in traffic. And as, as you guys mentioned, uh, a guy who can certainly operate in the red zone if need be. Uh, at this point, are you trying to trade for James White? Or are you maybe looking to, to deal him away and see what you can get back? James White, uh, last season he was so good. Right. He was so good last season. He is what he is. He's... He's a, hey, I like him as a flex starter in a PPR league. I mean, he's going to give you, you know, somewhere between 11 and 15 points a game. So he's not he's not spectacular like he was last season, but he's also his floor has been pretty decent. So I like having guys like that on my team. I like guys who I know I'm going to be able to get double digit from every single week. So I would be trying to trade for him. I agree. James White, you know. The touchdown haven't the the touchdowns really haven't been there this year. The big ceiling games haven't been there, but he's been finished as a top twenty four running back in every single game this this season so far, which is sort of amazing. Uh, I don't think he has any finishes above like RB twelve or anything, so it's not like he's been an RB one many weeks. But he's mm-hmm. you know, he's just been had a consistent floor, and and I'm with you. I, in season long, I like pairing guys like James White with just extremely variable players like Will Fuller in my lineup because if I feel like if I've got Fuller who can obviously win 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 me weeks, you know, it kind of balances itself out having a floor play like white. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Breida, another guy who plays on a team where they just added another pass catcher. And Breida is, you know, he's not getting as many snaps or touches as Tevin Coleman, but man, he's just got that home run value, right? And I think I feel like in a world where we are all hurting for running backs, I mean, we've lost on Johnson now. Uh, you know, David Johnson seems like he's a little bit banged up. Uh, I mean, maybe crazy. I, I feel like I might try to swing a deal for Matt Breed and have him as a nice flex option on my roster. Tevin Coleman's taken over, though. I mean, last week, you know, he had 20 carries in, in that monsoon uh, hurricane, whatever you want to call it, in Washington. And he's he's leads the team in fantasy points and snaps and touches and red zone opportunities as well. So uh, but th- there is room for two guys in that backfield to produce for me. Breida Breida would be somebody that I try trying to package in a trade off of my roster. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I actually, I think I agree too, because Brita has been awesome this year, but every time they get in close, they're switching to Tevin Coleman, or if, if it's Jeff Wilson when Coleman's been hurt. Um, Brita just does not have a lot of touchdown appeal, and he's going to have to continue to rip off big plays to get into the end zone, which he can do. I have a league where I have both of them, and I'm desperately trying to trade Brita, and I can't, I can't flip them. 
Yeah. I can't get rid of him. Uh, all right. Uh, next one, Tyler Boyd, uh, who has... Look, I'd say he's underperformed this year for what we thought of him, especially with no AJ Green. He has not he has not really produced, I think, to the level that people would have expected. Um, and now, you know, Auden Tate has stepped up and become kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm not buying the Alex Ericsons just yet. Uh, he had one really nice game, but I'm not I'm not sure that that necessarily makes him a thing. I mean, I guess we're trying to trade away Tyler Boyd, but I think it's sort of like Brita Fabs. Like, I, I think you'd have a hard time getting somebody to take him unless you package him. With yeah, something else. it's it's sort of a package situation there. Um, going through the strength of schedule for the rest of the season, and Cincinnati is 17th. So I mean, they're right in the middle. So that's not going to really uh, make a difference one way or another. The problem is, though, right now, I mean, people would be buying low on him because earlier in the season he was put up numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a, a pair of, uh, of games with over 120 yards, and he was, he, and he remains a guy who's being targeted often. But as you mentioned, Auden Tate has sort of uh, emerged here as an option for Andy Dalton. Uh, and, and I don't believe in Erickson either, I mean, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I don't know when A.J. Green is coming back. I don't know if he's coming if back. he's coming back. Yeah. So uh, no I, 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 would agree that, I would agree that Boyd would be someone that I'd be trying to trade, but – the, the problem is that I'd be selling low on him. Why why haven't the, the Bengals just made a move to trade A.J. Green? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's not, maybe this is, he's this not is the uh, same close team. to coming back. I don't this, know. This is the same team, Marcus, that, that held on to Marvin Lewis for all those years and just hoped for turnaround. Yeah, and I they, bet you they were wishing he was back they, right now. Uh, <laughs> held on, they held on to Andy Dalton for all those years trying to well, – I, I mean, Dalton's a big part of the problem right now. Their offensive line is an even bigger part of the problem. This, this team is just – I mean, they're they're literally Not just sharp. <laughs> they're they're stuck in quicksand right now, yeah. man. And and I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, Robbie Anderson, who like pretty much all the Jets on uh, on Monday night, had a pretty awful game, but the schedule looks up for them. Um, the Jets have the third most favorable schedule for wide receivers the rest of the way. Look, Sam Darnold. Uh, I don't know if he's going to visit the Ghostbusters over the next week or so, but he's, he's he can't be worse than what we saw against the Patriots. Uh, Robbie Anderson, are we trading for him or trading him away right now? I would go try and trade for him right now, especially if you need some receiver depth. Their, their schedule is just yep. amazing over I the agree. next couple of weeks. They get the Jags this week, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, and then the Dolphins again in week 14. I mean, that is just a cakewalk schedule. And and sure, Sam Darnold has definitely been up and down this year. He really struggled in week one against the Bills. As long as that dude ain't seeing ghosts, I like Robbie Anderson. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think both Anderson and Crowder are good trade for targets right now because I, I agree yeah they're, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna be some some good some good depth plays during the bye weeks that continue on here and, and Anderson has obviously a huge ceiling yeah the Jets have the seventh easiest schedule for wide receivers the rest of the way by the way uh Adam Gase um you got bigger problems than what ESPN is airing about what your quarterback said on the sideline just just yeah putting. NFL films was taking a little bit of a beating there because they allowed that just um, just putting that out there mm. uh last one Allen Robinson so on the plus side Allen Robinson Really talented guy, uh, makes plays, scores touchdowns. On the negative side, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know what, though? Even with Trubisky, <laughs> I mean, last week, garbage time. So Garbage time like crazy. Allen Robinson's been good. He has been. and like, and, But I always say garbage time is a hard way to live, man. It is. like, And I get it, like the way that offense works. Um, it's always possible, but, man, it's just a tough way to live. I'd be trying to get him. I think so, too, because the volume has been there. And even though Trubisky yep. has been terrible, he is locked on to Allen Robinson. It's yep. kind of funny. Like, A-Rob, 
A Rob had that massive season with Bortles right. um, a few years ago in 2015 because Bortles was just so locked into him. And it's kind of the same thing with Trubisky now. I mean, yeah. A Rob's averaging nearly seven receptions per game. That's insane. That is yeah, admittedly, I didn't even love Robinson this season. I thought like I'd get him as a three. I'd be happy with that, but I don't want him as anything more than that. But he's he's uh, certainly outplayed uh, my expectations. And part of it was because he just hasn't been durable, and because I didn't really believe in, nor do I still believe in Mitchell Trubisky. But as you mentioned, you know, even though the quarterback's bad, if he's got tunnel vision towards one receiver, that's a good thing for that receiver. That's been a good thing for Joe Flacco and yeah. Corlin Sutton this season too, where Flacco's throwing the ball to Sutton quite often. And, and maybe now that, um, you know, that, that increases, but that brings me to a, a real quick player that I would try and trade right now. In fact, I did trade him uh, in the Allison chains league is Cortland Sutton. And, and you might think that's crazy because, well, He's just gotten a boost in his value. That's right. So his value is not going to be any higher. Okay. It can only go down from here. And if the Broncos go to Drew Locke, which, Graham, do you think they'll go to Drew Locke at some point? They absolutely should when he gets off. Marcus, do you feel like they should go to Drew Locke at some point? I have talked to people close to the Broncos that say he is 100% not ready to play in the NFL. And if the fans decide that they want Locke and Elway and the Broncos get pressure to play Locke, if they put him in, I fear for Cortland Sutton's fantasy value down the stretch. That's fair. I mean, the Broncos could go full tank to finish out their season. (laughs) Uh, That's fair. But I think Sutton has just proven himself as an amazing. He's so good. So good this year. He's so good. I I got Philip Lindsay for him, so and I'm super deep at wide receiver in that league. Yeah. But if you can get something good for Cortland Sutton and you're deep at wide receiver, I'd think about trading him right Most now. Most teams that have Cortland Sutton are probably super deep yes. at receiver right. anyway, yes. because Sutton was like an eleventh. That's just what pick. I worry free. about, man. I mean, like, you know, if I knew Flacco was gonna be the quarterback the rest of the season, that would be one thing. As yeah. bad as he is, he's throwing the ball to Cortland Sutton. I wish I had Sutton on way more teams. I was way wrong on that. <laughs> right? Uh so yeah. We'll see. Uh, all right. So last little bit. Uh, I got three guys here to, to decide. Are we dropping these guys? Are we holding on? What are we doing here? The first one, Joe Mixon. Billy. Joe Mixon right now, uh, not good. Uh, that, that, that's, <laughs> Marcus, that's being nice. Uh, not good. He had. I, I still marvel at the fact that he had 10 carries for two yards. Oh, he, he had a catch like, for two yards, too. Oh, yes. Mm. What what was I mean, it like? It was like 1.7 inches per carry or something he, like that. He, when you start measuring a running back's production in inches, that's bad. He scored a touchdown last week and couldn't break eight fantasy points. No. Um, the offensive line is bad. They're throwing the ball 71% of the time. It doesn't seem that's going to be looking up for them. Uh, I mean, you look at where he sits right now. He is the he's the RB thirty five, which actually is way better than I would have given him credit <laughs> for. Um, but he is you know, he is just behind Chris Thompson, who hasn't played in a couple of weeks or didn't play last week. Uh, barely played the week before. Uh, he has turf toe. He is just ahead of Duke Johnson uh, and Kenyon Drake. What a disaster! I mean, I know we're hurting for running backs, but. You can't, I mean, nobody's going to take Joe Mixon in a trade from you, right? Like, what are we, are, are we keeping him? Or are we just holding on and hoping that things get better or what? Mixon is the worst type of player in fantasy because, like you said, running back has been so bad this year. Right. It's not like, you know, if you drop Mixon, you're not going to have a better option on the waiver wire. <laughs> right. But at the same time, you're playing Mixon, he's freaking killing He's you. killing you. I can't drop him. Yeah. I can't. I'm going to go down with the ship with him. I, I just can't. I mean, I, and I feel like that's where a lot of people are. I, I, I totally get that. I totally understand that. But it's just like... He's just sitting there clogging your roster. You're playing him when you have buys and injuries. I mean, I think the only way you could really trade Mixon is if you have, like, if you just drafted the rest of your running backs or you play the waiver wire extremely well with your running backs and you just desperately need another receiver. Yeah. But yeah. the way that I have him in a couple of leagues and the way that I've tried to trade him unsuccessfully, mind <laughs> you, 
I'm shocked. Is yeah, is that I I am trying to go after a like say uh, for example maybe like Mark Ingram, Chris Carson. I've been trying to swing a trade with Miz and he, he won't bite on it. But um, I've been trying to trade him Mixon and like a real a, a, like a Kenny Galladay for example because he's hurt now wide receiver uh, or an Adam Thielen you know before the injury right uh, and Mixon to get like a Carson or an Ingram or something like that. That's what I've been trying to do. Just saying, Hey, it's basically, you're getting, you know, Galladay for Ingram or Galladay for, for, you know, uh, Carson. And then I'm giving you depth with Mixon just in case something happens. Right. And that's the, uh, but because there's no way to sell it other than that. Not only is the Bengals offensive line really struggling and their, their offense as a whole just can't get in the into the red zone very often. Mixon isn't playing the bell, bell cow role that nope. he played last year. I mean, over the past two weeks, he's been held under 60% of the team snaps. Gio Bernard has basically kind of inserted himself as the Bengals back, especially when they're trailing, and they're trailing a ton. They're trailing a lot. Yeah, I think, uh, at least before last week, I looked, and, and Mixon's touches per game were down about six touches per game on average. Not great. He's this not is- getting any of those targets when they're trailing. I mean, that's what's just absolutely not. I mean, he's not only is he average fewer than two yards per carry in four games this year. I mean, the targets just are not there. It's just absolutely nuked. He's also getting season. no touches in the red zone either, man. Right. They're never there. They're never, right. never in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, there's that's, that. Part. That's a big. Yeah, that's a big problem. Uh, Philip Dorsett. And this might be me a little bit uh, raging a little bit because I needed I needed I needed one more catch for one yard. It's to still win a game. so tilted for you that you didn't get that. I needed a score one score too. I needed a one yard catch at the end of the game for Philip Dorsett to get a win in one of my leagues. And, uh, and it didn't happen. So maybe I'm a little bit raging right now. But I mean, you look at the numbers, right? Um, Week one, he was great against the Steelers, 95 yards and two touchdowns. Beyond that, he really has been incredibly touchdown dependent uh, for him to even be fantasy relevant most weeks because the target share certainly has not been there. Now, as you mentioned at the start of the show, the Patriots have Mohamed Sanu, so I feel like that cuts into into Dorsett's target share even more. I, I don't know what happens with Nikhil Harry. I mean, Jacoby Myers is still still getting targets and, and running routes there. Um, it, it just, I think, is getting hard to justify uh, with a little more depth at wide receiver, keeping a roster spot for Philip Dorsett right now. Yeah, you've got to be in a. I would say you're in a 12 team league if if Dorsett's on your roster, 10 team leagues. I mean, last week we liked him, and he ended up coming up uh, and, okay. and putting up a nice uh, a yeah. nice stat line yeah. for for Philip Dorsett, right? Um, but with Sanu coming in, and Sanu may not play a full complement of snaps this week, depending on how quickly he can pick up that offense uh, against the Browns, and then Josh Gordon at some point. I, Come, I don't know. Is he coming back? I mean, I, I, I have no idea. I haven't really heard a whole heck of a lot on Josh Gordon. I think in a twelve-team league, you're probably you're probably holding on to Dorsett. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him. Uh, I'm sorry, I wouldn't drop him at this point. All right. Uh, last one, Damian Williams. Who I feel like sort of falls back into this Joe Mixon category similarly um, because really he. Uh, he is underperformed. Now he's in a definite timeshare with LaShawn McCoy and even Daryl Williams, who saw quite a bit of work uh, last week for the Chiefs. Um, I mean, ostensibly, Damian Williams is the starter, I guess. But I don't know. I even, mean, even that's questionable. The last two weeks, it's, like... It's Ma- been McCoy. Yeah, it's been McCoy. McCoy's got yeah. 24 touches compared to Williams only having 13. McCoy's playing 46% of the snaps. Williams at 34%. We need to do this as, a, as an industry. So many times during the course of of my career, I have seen running backs have very good second halves, and then the next season their value goes exponentially up, and they bust. And I like Kenyon Drake, 
Uh, I mean, <laughs> dude, we, I mean, I go back to Zach Stacy. Uh, I could go to Alex Collins. And now it's happening again with Damian Williams. And I think we just need to learn a lesson here that if a player has a small sample size, no matter how good the situation is, and this situation looked really good because, remember, they didn't have LaShawn McCoy yep. when a lot of people did their drafts. Those guys with those small sample sizes, man, you got to be careful with those running backs and drafting them too high in the following drafts. Yeah, I mean, I think what happens is you look at the the second half and you figure, oh, this means he's going to be the guy next year, right? Like, I right. saw what happened, and he's going to be the guy. He was awesome. He was. At the end of last season yeah. in the playoffs, he was giving you like 25 points a game. It was bananas. He was, and Andy Reid... Uh- I mean, even though Andy Reid, I, I don't necessarily trust Coach Speak all the time. I mean, it seemed like the Chiefs were ready to roll into 2019 yeah. with Damian Williams yeah. as their, maybe not bell cow like we kind of had with Kareem Hunt, but it's, it, I mean, at least they're locked in starter. And they changed their mind, though. You know, LaShawn McCoy gets cut, and it's kind of thrown a wrench in this backfield. Mm-hmm. Damian Williams uh, got hurt and has been ineffective. Uh, I mean, his I think his longest carry this year still is just six yards, which is um, not good either. No. Uh, yeah. And you I got think, a matchup this week against Green Bay, which is positive on paper. Yeah. I, I think if you had to, if you had to choose one of these backs to start, it's McCoy. Yes, I agree. I right? mean, going back to last year with Damian Williams, right? And, and look, we maybe we overlooked this. Maybe we chose to be willfully ignorant. I don't know, but it was a situation also at the end of the year where he literally was the freshest guy on the field playing against. Tired no, great defense. point. I mean, look, great point. I'm looking at it right now. The first weeks one through eleven, Damian Williams had a grand total of six touches. He had three rushing attempts and three catches in the first 11 games of the season. So, yeah, I mean, he was it, it was like game one for him while everybody else was on game 12, 13, 14. Right, and yeah. by that point, the Chiefs offense was just humming along, and yeah. all Damian Williams really had to do is just run to daylight because they yeah. were just murking people. They were just mm-hmm. killing everybody. I mean, yeah. you, were, you were so worried about Mahomes and those receivers that, you know, nobody was game planning for Damian Williams <laughs> exactly. at that point. So, yeah, you're right. That's, that's the thing that we all have to remember. Like, you know, like... Hey, let's let's we have to, we, should we got it, yeah so the second half of the season you know like keeping you know but, sort uh, of keep and see what running backs sort of come out and end up playing better you just gotta you gotta fade those guys uh, in the following seasons yeah. of course you know it's not going to happen somebody's going to blow up in the you know weeks you know twelve through seventeen and we'll go crazy we're gonna be it. like hey man this guy might be a third round pick yep. yeah <laughs> and, then, and then we'll get back to this point and we'll be disappointed no it's such a great point though because I. I Guys like even like Alex Collins, like dude. Mean, yeah, I mean, it's a good remember point. Alex Great Collins point. was like he was like a top fifty pick. Yeah. yeah, the year after he he looked so good with the Ravens, and then he I mean he ended up getting cut. I think right? he got yeah. hurt. He got hurt. He got and hurt, got and then cut. they cut him. I mean, it happens like so much. I mean, I can go back and look, but uh, those are the first few examples that popped into my head. Zach Stacy. Oh my goodness. Ugh, Zach, I mean, remember Zach Stacy? Of course. Yeah. Oh gosh. He got girlied. He did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He got he got Todd Gurley. Exactly what happens. Uh, so, all right. I think that's it. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you downloading and listening as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, try not to be as useless as the G in lasagna. See you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked. Game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco Cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked. Your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart.